Cameron, we enjoy to watch movies on the side, but, you know, both of us are a little bit nerdy and we have a favorite pastime of playing video games. And this has spiked because we are in the lucky minority for acquiring some PS5s. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cameron, just to start on a different topic for the show, uh, before we get into the film that we've been watching, this is not a gaming podcast, but we have an affinity for doing it. What have you been playing lately? Yeah, well, I've been playing Spider-Man. I'm trying to I'm trying to complete it. Um, so I'm close. I'm I'm getting close to the platinum. So um, hopefully that'll be over and done with. I could put that in the bag, and then probably I'm probably not going to jump into Miles Morales um, right away because I I want to give it a little time. I'm, I think I'm going to be Spider-Maned out, you know. So I'm going to go to Ghost of Tsushima next. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm playing Miles Morales. It's excellent cameron you're like in the in-depth for film right but it's funny because like when it comes to gaming you have to play like the mainstream titles like do you think that there's sort of this similar disparity between like hardcore gamers that play like the indie titles um versus like the guys that only play like call of duty releases every year you know there's that broad spectrum like the casual would be the the call of duty player versus the guy that's like i know every indie developer and whatnot where would you put yourself on the spectrum for that um well i mean i do play call of duty but i i think for me the stereotype of that is like the guy who who gets 2k every year and that the call of you know uh, the new Call of Duty every year, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. that's that's the only thing on his shelf. Um, but I mean, for me, I I play most of like Sony's first party releases. Um, I play I play odd stuff. I mean, um, you know, I'm not super into into indie games typically, but um, but I will. I mean, I have a PlayStation Vita, so um, I feel like I'm pretty hardcore in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both both Cameron and I are Vita lovers. Um, yeah, there's some great indie classics. Like, I love Spelunky. I was just raving the other day about Ollie Ollie 2. Have you played that? Yeah, I have. It's I really just, good. I love that. Really game. fun. Yeah, it's like yeah. so stylistic, such a cool, like, rhythm take on almost like a skating game. Yeah. It's super neat. Yeah, I would put myself probably in more of the hardcore because of like the exploration, but I really feel like Sony's first party is sort of like the criterion collection. That's like their standing is they're like, we are game like true video games, you know, even though they're all like third person action adventure games, it seems, but like they have like, but they're all quality. You, I mean, usually they're, they're, they're such quality and like they're, they're the, they're kind of the most uh, deep that you get for, for like, um, you know, like legitimate storytelling in video games. It's usually like a Sony first party game. Yeah. How do you but. think that like competes with the medium of storytelling in film? Right. Like, is that because I don't think it's as, it's as good or on the level yet. Um, not saying that it can't get there. But uh, for me, what I always come back to is like there's so much. um well, I don't know. I I feel like there's there's um every time you you play a video game, you're like, "Well, I wouldn't want to watch this on <laughs> like <laughs> as a film. Like this would be a terrible and boring movie." Yeah. You know, but like the the positive aspects of video game storytelling are things like choice and things like um uh, you know, the interactivity between, you know, what you're doing. So, I don't feel like I don't feel like it's um 
I don't think we've gotten to a place where it's like it's like knocked it out of the park. Like we're consistently getting, you know, games that are that are like pushing the boundaries of storytelling. Um, I just don't think we're there yet. But video games are so new, like they're a young medium. So, you know, if you looked at films from from like, you know, 1920, they're not going to be the same sort of depth or, you know, level as as something like The Godfather, maybe. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that you pointed out the concept of choice, right? Because it seems like the effective video game storytelling only hones in on the choice aspect. And it almost makes it feel like film in a, in a regard. You know, you look at uh, the more recent release of like Detroit Become Human and what they're trying to do with that, where it's like all of a choice-based storyline, like kind of choose your own adventure thing and sort of the emotional impact that that can have. But then I also consider like sort of this deep open-endedness of like a game like Shadows of the Colossus where there's like this heavy loneliness and it's trying to tell you something. There's like this like unspoken word that is is coming up when you're experiencing the game because you're interacting with it and things like that. I think the medium has an opportunity to almost trick a player in a full immersive experience because of their engagement throughout the entire product right i just think because a player's engaged and has self motives like you can just get really lost um for i mean for example like you know both cameron and i have played red dead redemption 2 and i think the writing and the storytelling in that game is like novel level like it is like so good but at the same time you know and i chose not to basically do any of the side quests because i was so in it for the story you can like turn left and shoot a deer in the head and then like rope up some people and throw them on train. Tra- like you can completely derail the tone of the story yeah. because of player ur- like agency. Right. Um, yeah, where- that, that's true. That's something weird about like red dead where, you know, he's like, he's like the sympathetic character. Um, Arthur is, and you know, you're, you're kind of playing as, as someone who, who's like, you know, maybe the the heroic bad guy or you know like the anti-hero and then you could just go off and and just like murder everybody in a town and like <laughs> there's yeah. there's no there's no story consequence it's nothing you know there's nothing all you 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 walk in you pay your fine and then you you're good to go <laughs> yeah i think it's pretty difficult to manage a player's like crazy intention with the story at the same time, that's like the, its biggest flaw. Like a game like Breath of the Wild gives full urgency and ability to a player's interaction with the world, but there's really not a deep story at all. Like the focus is the play, right? Um, yeah. And because when you start taking away the play for the story, then it's like the gamer becomes disengaged, right? It's just it, it's this interesting phenomenon. It, it will be curious to know how interaction begins to blend with story in a way that also lets players feel free to express themselves through play. That is a side topic. In any case, hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan talk about video games for like 10 minutes. Um, You can't watch films. I just want to say you can't get that kind of deep opener anywhere else. All right. It's it's a completely side topic, but that we could have done a whole episode just on that. (laughs) We're not even going into that. We're just having fun with it. I'm sure we could have. I'm sure we could have. Um, uh, maybe that'll be like a bonus episode at some point. Cause I, it's a, it's a good topic like storytelling and video games. I think it'd be fun. Well, today we watched a classic often considered the greatest movie of all time. 
um, The Godfather, directed by Francis Ford Coppola and starring Marlon Brando and Al Pacino. Um, And I don't know. I don't feel like this movie really needs that much introduction. Um, It's The Godfather. It's, you know, it's, like I said, considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Now, um, I just want to interject a little bit of my personal opinion here before we get into... um, sort of the you know the big stuff with this movie um i really like this movie i like it a lot i don't think it's the greatest movie of all time so um you know that just i would say for anybody who's new who hasn't seen it um go into that with like tampered expectations i guess um like if you go in being like ah this is the greatest movie ever and then like you watch it i think i think you might be um not disappointed, but uh, just like a little, uh, um, you might be curious as to as to like what's going on. Um, so for for me, that's that's kind of my advice to anybody who's starting to watch this movie. Um, Isaac, should we go into what what do you want to hear first? Because I can give you a little background on Coppola. Um, I can give you sort of where this movie is placed in in sort of film history. Um, what what are you what are you interested in in hearing about? Give well, you some agency. Yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, I think <laughs> what I'd like to do is sort of discuss a first time viewing, and then I want to hear some background because I went into this okay. movie pretty blind, besides knowing the name. Uh, if you're yep. A first-time listener to the show, or you listen all the time, we usually show at the beginning, so here it is. Uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, throw a couple dollars away, get commentary track, questions read on air, all that good stuff. Check it out. You know where the Patreon's at, patreon.com slash ecfsproductions. Ratings help. Tell them friends. We got to get into this movie because it's long. There's a lot to dive in, so we're not going to dilly-dally on it. I th- this This movie's difficult because who doesn't know about this film, right? Like who hasn't heard it? I was extremely excited to sort of see like what all the hype was about. Now, Juliana's dad is Italian. This movie is like, like, you know, the Holy grail to him. Right. Um, we told him that we were watching it and, uh, Juliana's my girlfriend and he was like, just so excited. You know, he's like, this is, this is, an extremely important film to me and stuff. And he's been trying to get us to watch it all the time because he knows I like movies. And, um, so I think there was like a little bit of that, you know, kind of joy and exposure the way that they're authentically like speaking Italian. There's all that fun stuff. And Jules and I are like laughing about the side uh, quest in Italy. Yes. Yes. All that good (laughs) stuff. We were like, I was like, this is like your family history, Juliana. You gotta like, (laughs) you gotta enjoy it. But, I think a lot of my own expectation really left the film coming across underwhelming. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we spent a lot of time on Scorsese. Um, My affinity for sort of these like gangster films comes from an appreciation of what like Scorsese laid out, the engagement, the excitement. I mean, like the Irishman to me is like, the most mature and profound way that you can tackle like a gangster film and really have a statement of like morality that like is like put in front of you and like just driven home and sticks with you. It's like, it's so powerful, you know? So to move from like that level of 
excellence, right, in these in gangster films. And to have a like kind of a preconceived notion where I'm like, wow, this is the potential, right? Like that's how good they can be. And then this one is rated like the best of all time, you know? <laughs> uh it was really flat. Like it just came across like super drawn out. Like all of the acting performances were really like hit or miss for me. And I know that's gonna sound like just wrong to a lot of people i just found it so sterile that's really the best way i can put it you know i think sunny is a little bit exciting he's got some character but um was like al Al pacino's character is just like very michael uh, yeah michael is so stern i almost had like a zero emotion throughout the whole time except for these small moments which it's like the the film is like trying to say oh he's emotional because you never seem emotional like pay attention to that but i'm like i just don't care about Michael. I don't know why I should care. I don't like that was the biggest struggle. So like, I feel like I don't have any sort of reason to root for these people besides the fact that they're Italian and we're a family and huzzah, you know, here we are. I'm just like, okay, you know, like I, I didn't get any of the heart. Um, and I think maybe it's because a lot of it was just performed with this subtle realism right? Like there's like a little bit of that touch, but I just, for a movie that is going for that, like subtle realism, there's a lot of absurd moments of drama and explosion and death. And it's just kind of like, okay. Like I just found myself like kind of chuckling at different violent moments where I'm like, all right, like whatever. I just, I'm it's, it's was just getting weird. You know, I think the most effective and I guess spoiler, but effective dramatic moment um that was like violence is like sunny's death right which i think is very well done but like other scenes where you know michael's sicilian wife explodes and stuff i was just like what <laughs> like i was like what is even happening like it took me like five minutes to even figure out he was in italy i don't know how i missed it but i was like this doesn't look like, you know, New York. I'm like, what is going on? You know? And I was like, oh, that's right. Okay. It sounds so, like you weren't paying attention. No, <laughs> that's I, the real problem. I was, I, I was, I was, it was long though. I was like, what? I knew he had to go somewhere, but I thought he was like hiding somewhere in the States. And then they're like, oh, he's in Sicily. I'm like, all right, all right. Whatever. No, I said, take a little vacation to who knows where. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I just didn't realize where he was. Well, they're and speaking then, Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Needless to say, I think the film might have been better if my expectations weren't, you know, blown out of proportion. So I appreciate you, like, saying that at the beginning, right? But yeah. it, I was just confused. Like, the, the biggest takeaway that I had coming into the conversation around this movie was, I feel like this is a movie that you don't need to see before you die. And... Everyone told me I got to see it before I die, you know, <laughs> like that's such a weird thing. But I'm like, I just there's so many other films that are going to mean so much more than this one. I don't know what it means. Like, what is the ending? Like, it just ends. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like oh, Isaac. Oh, what Isaac. is happening? Like, I'm just. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So yeah, I think you missed the entire movie. I don't know what I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I, so. So for, here's the here's the thing for me. Um, uh, so obviously I disagree about everything that you just said, but um, my my um, 
so this is the third time I've seen this movie. Um, it's very long, so I, I don't watch it very often. But um, I uh, watched it with um, Brad, who has never seen it before. Um, and I think for me, the takeaway that I that I got through this movie was um, it's or th- through this rewatch. Um, it's a movie that you have to uh, really pay attention to, really understand all of the characters, where their sort of you know where their mindsets are at, um, and it doesn't hold your hand at all. Um, and th- I think that's sort of a um, o- honestly, I think that's that for someone who is um, uh, maybe a more casual viewer or someone who's not used to watching those kinds of movies. Um, that's, that's totally going to throw you off in my, in my mind. Um, and that's why I knew going into this conversation, I was like, yeah, I don't think Isaac is, is going to like this movie because it's, it's one that, um, you, you have to do a lot of work in, you know, when you read a book, um, and you're like, you're, you're passively reading versus like actively reading. Um, and so you don't really get the same depth or grasp, um, you know, with everything that's going on. And then, you know, you, you walk away and you're like, Oh yeah, that was fine. And then you, you talk to someone who's like read the book and like deeply, like, you know, followed along and like been uh, like analyzed and like been in love with the, you know, the characters and whatever else you, you talk to them and they're like, they're like, oh, but this is like so important. Like this little thing that you might have missed is like so important because it connects here, here and here. Um, and that was the thing that I that I noticed watching at this time was if you were if if you're even for a second, even for like one scene, um, if you're kind of not paying attention or if you're you're, you know, missing things or you're, you're not you're not doing the active watching um like it, you're going to miss it it's just going to it's just going to fly by because everything is so interconnected everything is so meaningful and impactful in the rest of the movie um that that and and like you said it's a realism there's a realism to it um and there's a um there's a a subtlety um to to everything that goes on and in my mind, um, you know, this is a movie that um, obviously uh, uh, an audience in 1972, um, you know, walked in and didn't expect to be um, given like a novel experience. You know, they weren't they weren't ex- expecting a like a a movie that was that was as dense and as deep as um, you know as the book or as dense and as deep as, as sort of, um, you know, these characters go. And, and I think that's kind of what took people away, um, and arrested their, you know, their, their imagination because, um, it's a, I think it's a, a movie that demands, um, a certain level of, um, I don't know. It it demands a certain level of of um you really have to pay attention. You you it it demands your your attention, I guess. Um so I yeah. some like I can I can see what you're saying. It's not like I missed anything from like what was happening, you know. Like I I I don't feel like I did like I missed 
a lot. Okay, I just so felt why? Like... <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna we have a go, quiz can... on on air. <laughs> sure, sure. All right, let's so, do it. Fine. So the last, the final scene. Spoilers, I guess. Uh, but it's The Godfather. You should watch it. Um, the 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 final scene, um, right where where Kay is asking Michael um, a question. What is, what is she asking? She's asking if she if he killed uh, his sister's husband who was married to his sister at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and so when 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 the door closes and she looks back, um, what is what does that like say to you? Or like what is? I know you said like it just ends, um, but it 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 doesn't with the with the framing and the the characters that you know that you've sat with through the whole movie um there's there's something important going on in that um uh, in that subtle small exchange um, yes i mean i i understand what they were saying right like he lies to her and he has like that very dramatic moment where he finally shows emotion and says don't ask me about my business right which is a a large shift like it's good writing right because him at the beginning of the film is very different than him at the end. There's an actual change, right? Yeah. Now he's well, and, surrounded and by this 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 underworld, and the ending is like symbolic, right? It's he's shutting the door, he's shutting her out, and he's lying to her, and it's his business. So and the whole and the whole family, uh, everything dark in in a family is kind of like closing in on on his on his life, right? And and it, it is the parallel to the to the first. Um, scene, you know, we get the wedding scene and he's the one who's kind of explaining things, um, you know, and he says like, um, that's my family, Kay, that's not me, you know, and he, and so he goes through and he, he says, and this is, this is the change that you're, that you're seeing through Michael. You're seeing him be, you know, an honest and a respectable man and then getting involved in this, um, in this lifestyle that is, um, you know, not maybe not not as good for him, um, and not as good for his for his relationship. Yeah. Um, well, in any case, um, I mean that's that's the analysis of the final scene. But um, yeah, I mean, my the reason why I said I don't think if you go into this movie. Um, you're going to be blown away if you think it's like, you know, if your your expectation is like, this is the greatest movie ever. Um, I think it's because um, people don't expect movies like this anymore. Um, people don't really have a tolerance for, for these kinds of, of movies, I would say. Um, you know, part of the, of the enjoyment of this movie is is that dissection is that sort of active watching active you know listening and understanding um and in my mind i don't think i think people want like a little bit of that um they want like maybe like a a sprinkle of that in the end or they want like a you know something that they can they can chew on a little bit but they don't want the whole movie to be um active watching i guess <laughs> um if that makes sense and so, so for for me, I mean, when I first watched it, I was underwhelmed personally. Um, you know, I was like, "Oh, this, you know, this is the greatest movie of all time." I don't know, like it's it's good, but it's not like my favorite thing ever. Um, and then watching it again, I was like, 
No, there's like a lot here. There's it's something it's really dense and and really um there's a lot to chew on. And then watching it this time I was like, wow, like everything is so packed. It's like it's like every scene is packed full of of things. Um that yeah, that you, that you just miss if you're if you're not paying attention. Um in my mind this is a movie that has to be rewatched um and has to kind of be um be chewed on, I guess. Yeah, I think that in my mind is like why it had it didn't succeed like for me. Do you know what I mean? I hear what you're saying, but there's like a fundamental flaw for me where it's like I'm not bought in till like way too late. Like I, I think a good example is you know Don. The, there's something about him from pretty early on um, as the head of the household and everything that you're you you understand him. You kind of like him. His performance is like strange to me because he constantly looks like he's like holding in a fart, and he's also like he talks really weird. Like I just I don't understand like <laughs> what they're they're trying to do. And you're following him, and you're like, I don't know why I'm following him besides his relation to the title of the film, right? He's the head of the household. I didn't feel anything for him until he was picking out fruit, right? And he gets gunned up, and you're like, well, okay, that's that, right? Which is, and then he's basically down and out for a while. There's a good scene with him, like, crying when Michael shows up at the hospital. But really, like, to me, I wasn't, convinced i guess by his character till he dies for real you know like in the field with the kid and i'm just kind of like we spend so much time with him and now you expect me to care at at the moment that you succeed in making him a good character like two hours into the movie like i just it's like they wanted you to like him and then go back and appreciate what was set up before. I'm like, that's not the order that it's supposed to be done in. You well, know, I, I don't, I don't think so. I think, um, I think the opening scenes, um, what you're, what you're trying to, uh, grapple with, with him is the balance between him being, um, sort of a respectable person. And then also him being, uh, sort of this, this, uh, monster as well. Yeah, but that, that, um, like that understanding of him is it, it's complex, but it isn't like it didn't resonate with me fast enough to understand like what I was interpreting. So I understand what you're saying. Like you're saying like you need to watch this movie again. My problem is is that you're already in love with his character, right? Because you've watched it three times, you know. <laughs> Like, you already have an understanding of who he is. Like, for me, it's like the first viewing. I'm like, I don't care about him. I'm not convinced by anyone in this movie. And we sit here and you're like, okay, well, you have to dissect it. You have to tear it apart. You need to watch it again. And I'm like, but it should have done it for me, right? It should have put it together for me, you know? Other movies. See, that's that, what I mean. You need you need to be you need to have your hand no, held. No, this is this is no, but this is my problem. You cannot excuse this, like, and say I'm just not good enough of a movie watcher. This is what this is what our podcast is about, right? <laughs> this is what drives me crazy about watching these like high end cinema movies, right? Because at the end of the day, 
these great films that are rated so highly are turned around to a gun to a casual casual viewer and you're just told that you're not a good enough movie watcher but i sat through you know the irishman which people said is boring and and exhausting i'm like no that movie lined it up for me you know that movie lined it up and it knocked it out of the park right this movie does not do that and so i'm not going to sit here and say oh, I just have to dissect it more. I'm going to sit here and say the movie is lazy in a regard to a, to, a, to, a, to a casual viewer. And you can laugh all you want, but like, I don't think people need to watch this movie, right? I don't think that this movie is consumable to anyone besides the people that are like committed to chewing on it, you know? I, yeah, it's, I mean... It's, it's frustrating for me, Cameron, because... I tried and now I like I tried, you know, like I tried to sit here and and experience it. And now I know that the cinephiles are going to turn on me and say, you're wrong. And I'm like, this is the problem, right? 97, 96 on Rotten Tomatoes, right? And I still don't like I still don't get it. You're going to say I need to sit there and watch it like a, a hundred times to really chew on the characters. I'm like, shouldn't the characters just be good from the start can i just be convinced from the beginning can i be like warmed into it you know i i'm i don't feel like i should give this movie more you know like it's 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 frustrating yeah yeah well but but that's that's kind of what i mean is like i i think there's um i i think there is a disconnect in, in a lot of ways um not just in terms of um you know, and it's not, it's not just you being, um, you know, you're like, um, it's not that you're not a, like a cinephile or like a movie lover or something. Um, I think there's, there's like a couple things that are, that are going wrong in terms of, of your viewing experience, um, that, that would put you off from these characters. I would say the first thing is, um, you know, it's a it's a movie from a different era about a different era, right? So you're already like a, a few times remo- removed from from sort of what's going on, um, and so like obviously there's a um, f- for me like I don't need to um, I don't need to be like how do I say this um, like. I, are you looking for like likable characters in the movie or like, are you like, how are you trying to connect with the, what, like, what's the, what's the experience of you trying to like connect with the, with the characters? Like, cause it seems like that's, that's the problem. It's, you know, it's a character based movie um, where you don't, you're not connecting with the characters. Right. Yeah. I think my, f- my disconnect with these characters is that they seem sterile and i think a lot of it comes back to like a realism but i wasn't brought in in any sort of way it was just like we're people talking on screen right and uh, and it it reminded me of old movies but now that my, my like my perception of old films is broken you know like we had wilder month and i realized that these old films can have characters that like shine like like super well with their writing and whatnot you know and so now i'm watching this movie that's newer than wilder films right with sterile characters that 
I don't know why I'm supposed to be bought in besides the fact that they have context that's being exposed to you within the first 30 minutes of, you know, you know, Michael, he's a good guy and he, he's, he's not involved with the family, but he has all this hit. There's so much history and lore that they're trying to like, you know, wrap you into. And I'm still confused why I should care. Do you know what I mean? Like one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is, um, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings trilogy, right? Which is, a big like commercial blockbuster. There is so much lore in Lord of the Rings, right? There's all this stupid stuff that you can learn about that is not like integral to the story, even though they spend a lot of time explaining it. The first 10 minutes of that movie is background, right? Yeah. But from the earliest introduction of the hobbits, there's something relatable about them. You know, you're like drawn into who they are. And I can see people saying that, this movie does that, you know, they're at a wedding, it's a family, you know, but I just wanted to feel part of the family more, you know, like I wanted to have that buy-in and I never got it because they're so busy already trying to juggle the complexity of Don's character where he's jumping between business and family. And I still don't, I'm like, what? Like I just, and now there's all these Italian people singing and I'm like, this is another culture, like good for them, I guess, you know, like I'm not relating to any so of that's, this. So that's the other thing that I was going to say was, um, you know, you already have the movie that's, you know, from a different era, about a different era. So, you know, two times removed. And then it's about a different culture from you. Two different cultures, actually. It's about Italians and it's about the mafia, which is which is completely like it's 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 the you know yeah I think for for a lot of people um the intrigue the behind closed doors that that sort of um uh I guess that like you know oh you want to see behind the curtain you want to see what's what's going on on the on the other side right um that's part of the intrigue that buys you in uh but I know for you you're not like a fan of gangster movies um typically um and so you don't really care about that like you know that that hook is is what you know what's supposed to get you in um, well, that's not, I so mean, that's I, not necessarily I, true because i liked a lot of the scorsese ones well, but but when we when we watched those um you were like yeah i don't really care about gangsters like i like it's not i mean i mean like the hook it for you is not the gangster part of those movies right yeah <sighs> Yes, and I don't, I don't know. No, it's not the hook, but like you look but at But for like, a lot of people, a lot of people, it's like, oh, you like you hear about these sort of uh, behind closed doors figures, people who are also, you know, the 70s, like this is an era that was still full of gangsters, like legitimately. <laughs> um, and so there was a lot of people who were um, who wanted to know without getting involved, but who wanted to be like, Oh, this like what's going on on this on the other side of this this curtain? What's 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 beyond the veil? And for me, that's why Michael's character is so important in the movie is because you see him go from, um, you know, he's he's honorable, he's a veteran, um, you know, he's at this wedding, he's explaining the sort of the terrible brutality of of you know things that his family does and. Um, you know, the, he, he always calls it the business and whatever. Um, and you're seeing sort of, you're, you're seeing a glimpse of like what's behind the curtain of, you know, Hollywood of entertainment of the casinos of like, you're seeing, you're seeing just like a little, little glimpse of it. 
And then as the movie progresses, he's obviously your your sort of um, he's he's the the audience character in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, you're you're seeing as as this is going on, um, you're seeing him become more and more wrapped up in in the darkness of of his life, of his of his family's life. Um, but but I can understand why if you're someone who's like, yeah, I just don't really care about gangsters. Um, then like there is automatically another sort of another barrier to you getting in into these these characters. I guess. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. Like I don't think that it's. I don't care. It's that maybe it's that Michael isn't a isn't a character that works as a surrogate for me subjectively. I guess because I'm thinking about like yeah, Goodfellas and and uh, the main character in that movie. What's his name? Um, uh hank hill yeah the way that he's like he's an outsider henry brought, henry, henry yeah henry yeah. is brought from the outside in and there's this exposure to family and culture yeah. that is effective and i and again like you're saying like it's a different it's a different movie for in a different generation too right like um i think that's insightful but something about the way that that movie handles bringing you into and exposing you to that setting like maybe it's just more modern but it, it's really effective it makes this movie seem like i just felt like it was like standing off like it, i felt like i was watching it through like binoculars is the best way i could put it i was like what's hmm. going on over there you know and yeah it, i'm already trying my best to like you know interpret it and and take it all in and it just feels so removed, like an like it's pushing me away the whole time, like an arm's length. Like you're not gonna understand this. You're not gonna follow what's going on. I'm like, no, I get it. Like I get what's going on. I just, why are you not letting me feel it? You know what I mean? Like why can I not feel it? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. But the, so, but the feel that's that's what I that, that's what I mean. The feeling is because you're, um, it, it's it's about like machismo men in machismo culture in the 40s you know what i mean like like you're not gonna feel it necessarily um you're gonna have to that that's that's kind of that's where i'm coming from is like that i i totally totally understand um what you just said like it's like looking through binoculars um that's how i was the first time i was like yeah well it's like it's okay about like why you know why is it so far <laughs> from me you know what i mean like yeah. i t- Totally, totally understand that. Um, um, yeah, which is why I mean I wouldn't. Uh, obviously, you know it's it's a three hour long movie, so it's kind of a tough thing to be like, oh, you should watch this multiple times. But I think it I think it does need multiple rewatches um, to really to really grasp. I I think it I think it's something that um, from like you said like you know I. I enjoyed this movie because I already cared about um, the uh, Don Corleone, and I guess that's sort of true. But like the my first time, I didn't really care about any of the characters. Um, that's so. my problem, though. Like that's what I'm saying. But then when I when I went back in, then I did care. That's fair. So, like that's not excusable, though. Like how is that? Ex- that's this is what frustrates me. Like how is that okay? <laughs> Like people, are like oh no, like it's totally fine. Like I want to watch another three hour movie again. You know, I'm like, do you guys like <laughs> have what the heck? Like I just so, 
it might be it might be interesting to to um think back on this discussion after we watch uh part two because um for me my i haven't seen part two since high school uh but i watched part one you know and and i kind of had that feeling i was like um you know there's a lot that's here but i'm not really like all that invested um and then i um watched part two and i was like completely blown away by um like how invested i was and how how much i i enjoyed part two better a lot better than than part one uh but i haven't seen it since um and i've watched part one multiple times since so my my opinion on that might might completely change i'm not i'm not sure see that's interesting because um, my brother watched part one and loved it on his first viewing which i was yeah. he and i haven't talked to him about it yet but he was like oh yeah like that one that's really good and I shared a couple of my thoughts with him. I was like, I don't know. Like, it's not really, I just, I don't really get it yet. He's like, oh, but the aesthetic is like on point. Like, it's so cool. And I was like, I guess. And I was like, well, what'd you think of part two? And he was just like, oh, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was good at all. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So it, yeah, it, maybe this film is kind of like the season one syndrome, right? Yeah, where it's maybe, spend, yeah, maybe it's spending so much time like exposing you to the characters. I'm curious, Cameron, were they planning multiple parts in this trilogy? Because it's a trilogy, right? Yeah. Uh, are, were they planning multiple parts from the beginning? Is that part of sort of like? Um, I don't think so. Um, that that was one of the things I was going to talk about actually with the um the sort of position of this movie. Um. They obviously bought the rights to Mario Puzo's um, Godfather, the book, um, and um, and I think it was just this sort of condensed sequence. I think it's different from the book. Um, Puzo obviously um, worked on the on the script and worked, you know, was involved in the production. And then I think they actually made like he he wrote a script for part two um, with with Coppola. So, so I think it's, um, they weren't necessarily, uh, they weren't planning a sequel necessarily. Um, also they didn't think that this movie was going to be good. Um, <laughs> they actually hated Coppola, uh, Paramount Studios. Um, they did not, uh, he was basically on the verge of getting fired all the time is what he said. Um, wow. <laughs> so, which is really interesting, but he's like, um, he was like, yeah, you know, I had like like during the the filming of this, you know, I was like in an apartment, I had two kids and another one on the way. And like, um, you know, I thought that they were going to fire me all the time. Like they hated, they hated the script. They hated the cast. They hated the, uh, well, they didn't hate this, the script, but they, they hated the cast. They hated the way that it was being shot because, um, notoriously Gordon Willis, um, you know he's he's now called I think the Prince of Darkness, um, but this was a very dark movie, you know, and it it was it was underlit on purpose um, for for a lot of sequences, and the studio really did not like uh, the you know the the footage that was coming back, um, and yeah, and they had to convince them that like no, this is on purpose, like we're not, <laughs> you know, we're not we're not just dumb or bad at our jobs uh this is intentional choice and then um actually when they got 
when they first presented the the cut of the movie, the first cut was only I think like two hours and five minutes, um, and the the producer came back and was like, "No, it needs to be longer," <laughs> which is crazy. Like that's that's never something that a producer says. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I think they didn't think that this movie was going to be as successful as it was um and when it you know when it came out it obviously blew up um you know one best picture and i think it won nine academy awards or something wow um which you know is is a lot um but yeah does that answer your question yeah no i think it's um like I don't know why I'm just thinking about like Game of Thrones or something like the first season might mean more after you've watched like the third season, you know, like the amount of setup mm-hmm. and, and and impact that 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 season has. I, I Yeah. Yeah. Well, So the, the I'll, I'll give you a little um, insight in in what the second movie is. Um, the second movie is parallel stories. Um one takes place after the events of, of part one. So it's with it's with Michael um, as he's kind of establishing himself as a Don, um, sort of, you know, his his road towards um, towards success. And then uh, the other is follows a young uh, Vito Corleone, um, which is Don Corleone, um, as he's um, coming up um, from Italy as he's sort of, um, you know, uh, establishing himself in America. So there's two parallel stories that are going on that, um, that play off each other, but are, are separate. So. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I wish I was more excited to watch the second part, but I'm going to, I'm going to go in like with my best foot forward, I think. Um, I don't know, Cameron, like, do you think, obviously, like, you have a great affinity for this film. Um, What, like, we've been talking about what I'm missing, but, like, how do you suggest the audience embraces this film? Because I'm for, like, people enjoying it, you know? I'm not, I don't want people to have the same experience I had, you know? Yeah. Nine Academy Awards, you know? (laughs) Like, come on, I... I'm not going like to I'm not going to say that I was I am like 100% correct. I'm just trying to share my opinion as clearly as I can, right? Like yeah. What's well, how do you approach it, you know? Um I would say for me the, the go into this movie um don't don't exp- I'm, like the worst thing that you could do to go into this movie is to watch like Goodfellas before or watch like a Scorsese movie um as we've as we've sort of discussed because Scorsese took sort of the um the impulse and the the leanings of this movie and made them um sort of fresh and um new and gave them sort of energy and life um and and usually you know what uh, Scorsese is um He's usually um, portraying someone who's who's not the top, 
uh, right? He's not portraying the the sort of top brass of the mafia. He's always portraying someone who's like a grunt or you know sort of lower on the totem pole um, who ends up getting getting in, involved in these things. Um, and this movie is about the the top brass. You know, it's about the Godfather. It's about the the person who's in charge, who's calling the shots. Um, I would say my recommendation for for going into this movie is um, expect uh, put yourself in the mindset of of uh, reading a long book um, or you know sort of trying to dive into a new new world or understand a new world. Um, put on your uh, your critical thinking hat and your your um your active viewing hat um that's my that's my suggestion and uh, because otherwise i think you're just going to like you know like we've said you're you're going to be viewing it through through binoculars um but you know one of the things that that i think people enjoy about this movie is how um f- for Basically, everybody that I've talked to, everybody that I have have heard from about this movie, except for you, has said that it's been able to take them from from a place that is so distant from you know from their their own reality and draw them into um, you know to the world and to the to the inner circle of this um, of this culture, and that's what happens for me when I watched this movie um, and obviously Isaac didn't, didn't get the same reading from it. Um, but I would say, let yourself open yourself up to be um, sort of, uh, I guess to be, to be transported to, to somewhere new, to be transported to, to a place that you have no relation to um, open yourself up to that. So, yeah, I would, I, I agree with Cameron. I'd say like, Try to avoid the tunnel vision. I would even go as far as to say, like, maybe try to find a way to expose yourself to the characters before you even start watching, which I know is probably, I don't know, like, not popular, but if there's some way to be like, oh, like, this is kind of some context about where this movie's going. Even even as far well, as, like, I know that this is, <laughs> could be sacrilegious. I'm sure Tim Smith will appreciate this, but, like... um to even like read spoilers so you can like really chew on it, you know? Sometimes well, I enjoy I was, watching movies like yeah, that. Yeah. What I was going to say is um, my girlfriend read the book before she watched uh, this movie. I bet you that's um, probably cool, huh? And she, she got a really, she, she really appreciated that experience of, you know, del- diving in with, you know, the book and then, and then seeing, you know, these things happen on screen or, or seeing the, the interpretation on screen, I guess. Um, I think she, she really enjoyed the movie, uh, because of that. So, and I would say I didn't expect her to like it either. So, um, I thought she was going to be like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But you know, the book is better or something, but she, she really enjoyed it. Um, even compared to the book. So, yeah. 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 I don't, I think I want to make it clear. Like, I don't think this movie is bad. I think a lot of it had to do with my anticipation for what it could be. Yeah. You know? Um, it's harsh 
for me to say like you don't need to watch this movie at all but i think a lot of it comes from a place of like the filmmakers putting the work on the viewer instead of doing the work themselves and i i don't hate some of that you know like i kind of enjoy when a movie does let you dig your teeth into it but i am more akin to maybe the blockbuster style of Lord of the Rings that lets you dig your teeth into it, still falling back like on a book and stuff, than I am to this, where I felt like at arm's length. Again, probably a lot of it has to do with subjective viewing and all that, but I didn't feel like I missed a lot of the themes. Like I didn't feel like, I mean, from like my reading of the ending, like it was sudden, but I just didn't, I was like, I get what you're saying. I just don't really like, okay. Like I still don't really care, you know? Um, and that's a problem for me. You know, that's a problem for me. And if, if yeah. the end, yeah. it just, so it will be interesting to see how, how part two goes. Um, I'm going to say in, in two years, if we're still making this podcast, we're going to rewatch it. Yeah, and I, I think this is one of those movies that deserve... Because we definitely want to do a month of rewatches of some of the movies yeah. that I didn't like. I'm trying to think of other ones that you were like, Isaac, you need to watch this movie again and see what you think. Can you think of any? Oh, man. I have to look at the episode uh, list real fast. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I can't I can't think of it. We, um, there's definitely more than a month's worth of rewatches, though. <laughs> I know, I, I know. I'm so it's such an <laughs> offensive... Hot take. I mean, like, Breathless was our first one, and you said that... I mean, you picked a pretty intense first episode. Yeah, to, it's, uh, it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to rewatch it. <laughs> um, was I think I was kind of hard on Citizen Kane. I think that was one that you were like, you should give that one another chance i feel like you know what that's that's actually a similar movie to this in a lot of ways yeah um, no, i would agree. where you know it's it's to- i can totally see how someone um could be like yeah i don't know i didn't didn't really like it it didn't feel like i didn't get into the characters or i didn't understand like what was going on or you know even even as far as like yeah i just it was just boring you know like i can totally see how someone could could say that on their first watch or or even just be like disinterested because it's you know it's an old movie or whatever um like i could see how that could be the case with with this movie as well and i would say actually me and juzo have talked a lot about um citizen kane uh you know when we first got to um film school you know we we were roommates obviously so um, you know, we talked about all the, the the classics that we've seen and whatever else, and we were we were sort of running through the movies. That's where we both uh, realized that we 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 all we all hate um, uh, we all hate uh, why why do I uh, Godard? I always forget his name. I don't know oh. why. I, I want to say Foucault, but that's the <laughs> that's the the still uh, foreign French language post, to me. So postmodernist. Um, in any case, so but but we you know we were like yeah you know Citizen Kane's just okay like it's not the greatest thing ever and I remember distinctly saying yeah I like Goodfellas way better than than The Godfather um, which probably is still true I I still like Goodfellas way better than The Godfather um, 
or at least it's a movie that I would go back and watch more yeah personally but um but then we re- we were talking a little bit about Citizen Kane and The Godfather recently and we were like you know there's like a lot in those movies there's it really like he said he said something that I thought was really interesting where he he was like yeah it was like my fourth rewatch of of Citizen Kane where um I had not just like you know viewing from an intellectual perspective or viewing from from sort of the analytical perspective of being like yes i i enjoy this scene that that scene was very well written um he said like that's when i that's when i first um became invested in the movie um and became emotionally involved with with the characters and got to a level where i felt um I could actually not just understand it, but uh, like intellectually, but enjoy it on an emotional level. Um, and I thought that that was like such a, a perfect way to put it because um, there are t- there are totally those movies that are like that. And I think The Godfather is one that I had. I had that experience just rewatching it where it was less that I um, understood it intellectually or, you know, was was sort of diving deep intellectually but i had the experience of um oh now i actually like get this and appreciate this on an emotional level um so i think i think don't put that on the uh, the fault of of sort of the um the filmmaker or whatever you know because because there are people who walked away from citizen kane immediately who are like i'm invested you know, you know what I mean? Like there, sure. there are definitely those people. Um, and it's possible that because, you know, because of our, whatever it is, because of our subjective experience, our tastes, our likes, dislikes, um, we sometimes with movies that are considered so great, we don't get it right away. Um, and I think that's, I think that's, true in a lot of cases and i've had that experience myself so yeah um, there's i mean there's so many variables around viewership right so it's kind of don't say it's lazy for for coppola just say you didn't understand yeah i don't know on you didn't understand not intellectually but you didn't get that connection emotionally um which like i said that that happens it it's that's perfectly reasonable to say um but in my mind that's 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 when i say okay if i understand it emotionally if i like it um or if i understand it intellectually and i like it sort of um scene to scene and i i um feel like i should like it um but i don't get it emotionally or don't i'm not getting there that's usually when i say well it's probably i should probably rewatch it I think this is like a pretty clear variation between like you being an expert and an enthusiast about it and me being a casual because that sort of response is not natural to me <laughs> and it takes like a true like almost like a forgiving heart towards <laughs> the creation to really even give it that much of a chance, right? 
Um, I can see myself, like, I can push myself to get there. I could do it. But, like, that is so much work <laughs> for something that I'm like, why didn't it just succeed at the start? I've seen plenty of movies that are able to succeed in this. I think that's kind of like the other like notch in my criticism for yeah. it. Um, and what shocks me is I've seen other movies older than this movie succeed in it too, right? Now it's yeah. like, instead of becoming a apologetic cinephile, now I'm even harsher on movies that don't seem... <laughs> To like have their stuff together, you know, because I've yeah, seen the best, yeah. right? Maybe yeah. that's a difference in a, like opinion, uh, you know, like I, I have no doubt, Cameron, that I could sit down and watch this movie three or four times and eventually just fall in love with it, right? But I almost, unless it's like Cars 2, like I almost <laughs> feel like you could pull that to some degree, like, you know... I, I don't with, think so. With, with I don't movies think so. that are considered good, right? With movies that are considered good. Like you can really just brute force your way into loving it. And at I don't that think point, that's true. I don't think that's true because I tried to do that with Tenet. That's exactly what I tried to do. Yeah, but I that movie's not good. But that but a lot of people think that that movie's good. A lot of people who are way more casual than me are like, oh yeah, that was awesome. No, 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 <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about like, like okay you were talking about behind the curtain like the behind the curtain critics like the true like cinephile like i'm not saying i don't think there are cinephiles out there that say tenet is the second coming of jesus and if they are they're going to take back their word in three years okay juzo juzo loves it he thinks it's great yeah but juzo <laughs> and i love the dark knight rises right like for yeah us, no, like, true. For us, that's true that's true like it's an, it's, it's comes from a love of absurdity instead of a love of craftsmanship right yeah I think for like the the echelon of like craftsman movies, right? Anything in the criteria, like like let's say IMDb top one hundred, right? If you have this experience where you're either emotionally connected but intelligently disconnected, or intelligently connected and emotionally disconnected from the film, if you if you're a real cinephile, you'll sit there and get it. You know, <laughs> you will sit there and push yourself to get it, right? Even yeah. even for the movies that like you absolutely hate, you'll at least get to that moment. And for me, it's like I'll never be that. I will never sit there and force myself to get it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like yeah. this movie. No, I, yeah, this movie I know better what, come I know out. You, you know. <laughs> so I, I know what you mean. I think I, I it it probably is a difference between the two of us. But for me. What that tells me, if there's a movie that's like highly regarded as one of the greatest things of all time and um, you get it intellectually, but you're not there emotionally, that's when I am like, okay, well, what's wrong with me? Like, what have I, what am I, what am I doing to not appreciate this movie enough? Um, And, and I think part of it is that's, that's sort of the, the case sometimes. Sometimes you're like, yes. Oh, I'm just I'm not I'm not there because I'm not letting myself get there or I'm not there because um, I'm 
my preconceived notions are getting in the way or, you know, I didn't expect, so, you know, this this movie, when I watched it the first time, it didn't give me the same experience that I thought it was going to. And that's a lot of times what it is, is it's like there's a there's a moment, there's a part of you that is like holding on to like your um, like your uh, um your like dissident opinions you know <laughs> like like some of sometimes i'm just like well i don't want to like this movie because i um i want to be different from all the people <laughs> who like this movie or something you know what i mean like like some that's that's a, a, that's a true feeling that some of us have where it's like yeah but i you know i've been saying all the time like ah citizen kane's not that great ah breathless sucks you know but like sometimes sometimes you have to let that go and you have to you have to let it wash over you let the let the rush let the experience just 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 go over you and say i'm in you know i'm in yeah i I think some time maybe to disconnect from my initial response to come back and like chew on it yeah i i i'm sure like i'm sure i'm gonna have a positive like experience in in another viewing i just like the reason i'm so like i'm stating it so strongly is because i'm giving my initial impression right yeah i'm giving it to the audience i honestly hope that this conversation for the people who haven't seen this film like helps them go into it and only see like like the greatness of the movie someone had to suffer for it you know like <laughs> like someone like i hope that you can go in and and take take it in with a new context and appreciate the details and watch it with without binoculars and and have it like that's what i wish i had um and maybe yeah. that's this the the cynical result right where i'm like man like why didn't i have it but and I, that's sort of the point of the show yes. in a lot of ways too is that is that i'm not giving you any context to these movies. I'm not giving you sort of the background or the history or anything like that. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but like sometimes, sometimes we watch a movie and you're like, man, I really wish I had like looked this up or like known or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really wish that I was, um, th- that I could be on the same level because like, I don't really understand this at this point. Um, you know, so, so I, I get that. I, I totally get that. Um, Maybe this podcast is helpful for people who want to be, um, who, who want to like this movie, who want to understand this movie. Yeah, and and even it, like furthermore, like hopefully it's entertaining a little bit too, right? <laughs> to go in blind. I mean, I think it's hilarious, yeah. you know. Like I'm, 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 I play dumb for it, so it's like, you know. I don't know. It, it is a little bit of an experiment. When we were trying to name the podcast, right? Like Kevin and I wanted to name it like something around like a lab or something, like like almost like a lab rat being exposed to these things. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, you know, it's for your enjoyment as the audience. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I'm. I totally knew where this conversation was going to go just by watching it yesterday i was like yeah i don't think isaac is really gonna like this um and i think part of that is um because we spend so much time on scorsese i actually really think it no i agree scorsese scorsese is a filmmaker that 
took on the the mantle of of the Godfather, took on the the experience and the the sort of cultural love in the movie, um, and then he was like he was like nope, I'm going to do something better and more enjoyable and more um, entertaining. And I'm going to make a movie that is going to blow people away, not a movie that people are going to come back to and sort of chew on like a like a nice chewy steak or, you know, like, like it's his movies are not. Or maybe The Irishman is the only one that gets to that level. Um, and I would say. The Irishman is a true masterpiece um, in my in my mind, and and it's one that um, that I think. I mean, I don't want to say this forthrightly, but I think might um, sort of um, transcend past the level of um, of anything that that this movie gets to, that The Godfather gets to. Um, and I would say I my my opinion on Goodfellas was is always that I would way way rather watch Goodfellas than watch The Godfather, but I also don't know if it's as it's not as dense, it's not as deep, it doesn't really mean as much um, as The Godfather. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and I know I assume that what that is is just. Um, like there's a sacrifice of in terms of entertainment value, right? The Goodfellas is just so, so entertaining that like you have to sacrifice a little bit of that meaning or that, you know, that depth. It brings us, something like it honestly brings us back to the conversation we were having at the beginning of the podcast about video games, right? Where story yeah. and player control and agency, right? Or to, or choice, right? That's a balance that has to be fought with, right? I lean on the side where it's like Super Mario Bros. is forever fun and there's no story, you know? Yeah. Whereas like an entertaining film like Goodfellas is, you know, it's forever fun, right? But it might not have that depth. And it's impressive, and impactful when a creator can balance the desire of an audience member between those two things, mm-hmm. right? In movies, it's like just raw entertainment. And then on this other end of the spectrum is like, I, I guess almost like revelation and depth on something that's like beyond what the movie could ever talk about, right? Yeah. That that's that's the balance that they're fighting. The, the same that we were talking about with games. But the, but the thing is, is Scorsese, you know, is always known for the sort of the bombastic and the entertaining, um, and bringing things in a in a very stylish, uh, stylistic and uh, you know fun way. Um, but you know, his last two movies have been reaching for those. Um, reaching for the for that like expansion of his of his emotional value um like silence i think uh, is a movie that is basically not entertaining at all um and is in fact very difficult to watch uh, but is one that reaches the heights of um of meaning reaches the the tippy top of of something meaningful um and the irishman is not very entertaining either not as entertaining as something like goodfellas um 
but again, it 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 knocks it out of out of the park when it comes to something that's impactful, something that's meaningful, yeah, um, something that that devastates you in the end, really. Totally, I think there's no better way to wrap up our conversation than that. When it comes full circle, Cameron, you're like, wow, that's probably a pretty good episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, or like when when the movie comes full circle um, in the end, that's probably a pretty good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my opinion is pr- mostly <laughs> offensive and probably misinformed to those who love this movie. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think our conversations are best in disagreement. I'm not even lying about my... Um, my initial viewing though we'll see cameron i'm excited to do that rewatch month when it eventually happens because it will so yeah we'll take we'll take some time to do that but yeah for sure i mean i think i think we gotta we haven't even hit the year mark of of this podcast yet yeah i know we still have so much to go through we post so. every monday yeah you can uh i don't know you don't subscribe on do you subscribe i guess you can subscribe to podcasts download them yeah. again patreon.com slash ecfs productions get your questions read on air Tim, I don't want to read any more of your long question. Please send us questions, you patrons, <laughs> into the DM. Just DM us on Patreon, and we will read them on the show, usually at the opening or the ending at this time. Again, we post every Monday. We appreciate all you guys. Share this episode with friends and family if you enjoy it, and we'll see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one.